Welcome to the Once Upon a Leader in Africa podcast with George Nudu. We invite you to listen to influencers and opinion shapers narrating their experiences from their leadership roles in Africa, from the world of business, community development, government, corporate, social enterprise, among others. We will glean from their good, bad and ugly side of their leadership journey and be inspired to overcome adversity, to pursue success against all odds, to be a great leader and many other lessons. Welcome to the podcast and here's George Nudu. Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm very well, George. I'm very, very well. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest in this podcast, Once Upon a Leader in Africa. Thank you so much. And I know we've we've come from a long way. Many years we've been friends for long. (laughs) (laughs) The other day when someone said 40 years, I was like, huh? Imagine. 40 years. Yes, from those high school days. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Wow, thank you so much for for catching up. And, And I've watched your professional life I've watched the way you know you have grown in your leadership in the banking sector and and for me I just want for the sake of just the listeners um currently what is your leadership uh position currently currently I'm the CEO and MD for Standard Chartered Kenya uh, and also responsible for East Africa I also manage the East Africa countries and as well I'm also the the regional head for Africa and Middle East and Europe for consumer, private, and business banking. So I look, I look not only after Kenya, but I also look at, I also have regional responsibilities for the consumer, private, and business banking across the Middle East and Africa. Oh, wow. That's quite a lot of work. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, it keeps me pretty busy, I can assure you. And uh, oh. It, it, it just shows the, the, the breadth of my leadership and my, the extent of my influence, if I can call it that. Oh, yes, definitely. So from the beginning, uh, where did your leadership journey begin? I remember when we were in high school, you used to be a head of house of one of, of our houses in Nairobi school. So was it there or was it before? I think I would argue, yeah, I think it started in high school. When I look, okay. at, uh, when I, when I look back to my career from the... Uh, Many, many years back, when I look back, primary school, I was never a prefect, so I'm not going to say that I was a, I was a leader from primary school. No. But uh, in secondary school and high school, I was head of house, so started there. I didn't, do any, I didn't take any leadership in the university, but I, did, I took on, uh, uh, I was a member, I was the president of the Rotaract Club, so, okay. organized, so I was very much involved in Rotaract. Yeah. And then uh, after that, I think when I joined the banking sector, it was a question of when uh, I started at the lowest level of the banking sector then, that was a, a clerical position, and then mm-hmm. moved on priority management. And then after that, I moved on to training. So, and then I moved on to branch management. So that was the first large team I had, because uh, the branches I led were more than 20, 30 people. Then moved to a regional role, moved to 200 people. Uh, then that directorship role, get, got to the thousands. And uh, that's how it's been. So I can say that's where it started and responsibility has just been increasing and the number of people that I'm responsible for has continued to increase as well. And that is a span of how many years? How are many? 28, 29 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 29 years. I would say formally, my, I graduated in 1990, started formal employment in 92. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's almost 
30 years next month, next year, isn't it? Wow, yeah, quite, yeah. quite a while. So how yes. has been your leadership journey? Well, it's been exciting. And, uh, but one, one thing, a couple of things I would like to say about the leadership journey. Yeah. It is, uh, it, people, see, people see me now and think that this is where it started. Yes. And uh, that people don't realize this definitely, this is not where it starts. When mm-hmm. I meet the younger people, especially the people joining the bank, the younger population, and there's a question I always ask, like asking them is, where do you want to be in five years' time? Where do you want to be? And some tell me, in your, I want to be doing your job in five years' time. Obviously, they want to demonstrate they're ambitious, but I always mm-hmm. tell them, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. You will not do my job in five years' time. Uh, because my job is not, there's been, a, first of all, you've got to remember there are a lot of people in between you and me as well. That's what yeah. I tell them. And then there's, it takes time. It takes time to build the character and the experience to be able to do a job such as what I am doing. It's not a job you just wake up and you land there and you start doing it. So yeah. it's been, so you've got to be prepared for that, for that breadth of time and put in the hours, put in the experience, yeah. Put in the frustrations because part of leadership is frustrations, and yeah. then put in the successes as well. And that's what allows you to get to a position such as what I am doing now. You talk about frustrations. What are some of them? Oh, frustrations are many. I think, in terms of uh, obviously, uh, some of the ones that immediately come to mind. I remember I was, I was appointed to I was, uh, my first big appointment as a director. I made commitments I couldn't deliver on, but I thought it was going to be. <laughs> that's what then you don't deliver on them they're like oh what's going on and yeah. then the more senior you get the more you deal with other peers uh, yeah. who are not directly in your business so yeah. you tend to you cannot so you have to use different skills which is what i'd call influencing skills you have yeah. to influence more whether it's in the banking sector for instance i rose through the retail chain but remember there's yeah. corporate part there's treasury so the other colleagues as senior as you are so yeah. influencing them becomes it becomes changing. So it, yeah. that one was important, and also failing when you feel when you feel that you failed, you made a commitment, you're not you're not able to deliver it. That's yeah. important. And secondly, also external forces move against you. It, it can be very very frustrating. You you make a commitment, then external forces work against you. Whether it's a whether it was like a Kenyan elections, they always they always feature yes. in our careers. They yeah. always come and do massive business disruptions. Or regulations change midstream, and you have to change midstream. That can be very, very frustrating. Or you make a commitment to launch a product within a certain time frame, and then you are not successful. That can be frustrating. How have you navigated through these frustrations? I think over time you learn that it's part of life. You know, I think at the beginning it's very frustrating, and it can be extremely frustrating at the beginning. But over time you start learning. This is part of it. And then when you're doing your planning you start realizing that you've got to build in the slow safeguards, that this could go wrong. So right now it's very, if, if someone, the younger leaders come to me and they give me a plan, I'll always ask them, tell me what can go wrong and how are you planning for that? What are you doing it? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like uh, you think about uh, a country like Kenya, there's always, you always hear about strategic green reserve. There's a reason why mm-hmm. you need to have the good, during the good years, put away something aside because there'll be bad years. Even as an individual, that's why we talk about insurance and savings. It will not always be rosy. There'll be a time when you need an emergency and you need to draw on it. So that's how I look at it, that uh, over time you learn to to expect it. So it's less frustrating. 
if a product is delayed now or there's disruption, I don't get I don't get frustrated, not anymore. That's a good yeah. good thing. You said you you leadership for you is exciting. What makes it exciting for you? I think it's a, it's a change, and the, the change that you can drive. Uh, okay. When I look at uh, my personal values, how do you influence for good? How do you change for good? How do you leave a legacy for better? How do you make sure that, uh, especially like uh, the younger people coming in, how can mm-hmm. they look to you and say, that's how I w- want my career to be? That's the exciting bit, that you're influencing people to look, to do good, not only to the company that you work for, and then also, but also the larger society. That is important. Uh, my most exciting moment now is, uh, and this is why I agreed to do your series, is how can I pass on the leadership tips to younger people coming on board, mm-hmm. or even people who are my age and they, they want to learn new tips. To me, yeah. that's, that's important because the destiny of, of a company or the destiny of a country is very much a, a, an outcome of its leadership. If you've got very good leadership, the destiny will be great. The population will be happy. If you've got very poor leadership, it's a, you'll have a very, very bad outcome. So that's what I see. That's what gives me exciting that, yep, I'm doing this. Let's drive this. This is the change you are doing to customers. This is the change you are doing to customers. I mean, to clients. This is the change you are doing to staff. And, and the, the wider community, this is the change that I'm driving. That's, that's what really makes it exciting. And then for me, as I mentioned, the role I'm doing at the moment, it makes me understand different markets. Uh, today, I could be sitting here. I'm having a, co- a conversation with a colleague in Pakistan. So I know what's going on in Pakistan. I'm not there, yes. but I'm, I know what's going on. So staying attuned and discover that we are all, we are very, very similar. The world over, we are the same. It's yeah. just that culturally we could be different, but there are some things that are, that are important. That's what, is, that's what makes it exciting for me. And I know you've had a, a regional, you have a regional reach in your leadership. And also I think you've even worked outside the continent. So when, when, when I, I remember there was a time you, you, were in, you were in Singapore for a bit of time. Yes. So just if you were to compare the, the, the Asians and the Africans in terms of you leading uh, these two people, of these two continents, what, what are some of the distinctions that you may, you, you may share with us? Anything? I think, I think looking at, uh, I mean, the history of Singapore has been written many, many there are many books that, and I don't need to repeat yeah. it here. But in terms of uh, in terms of governance, it's A one. Uh, yeah. You find a class of leadership, especially the political class that works for the people. And so when when you have a political class that works for the people, everything works extremely well, and they think far ahead. Because the moment you're working for the people, then you've got to think ten years, twenty years out. You cannot think, you cannot you cannot work for the country and think two five years out. You've got to think twenty years out because that's how long it takes to change. Think about the students going to school today, yeah. you've got to ask yourself, what will they be when they graduate? That's one thing I learned. I want mm-hmm. I had, a, had, the, had, had the good opportunity to, to meet with one of the senior ministers. There was a group of us. And they were telling us the way they, they, the education system, they asked mm-hmm. themselves, this kid who is going to nursery at five years, when they yeah. graduate, they'll be 20. What will the country need then? And they start changing. That's how the education system works. So that, that, that is something that I, that I picked. Then the work ethic, the work ethic is very, very strong in terms of, uh, and doing the right thing. So you don't find, I think one of the challenges in a market like ours, and uh, I think in Africa, and obviously for other businesses, is honesty is not always our strong point. So you'll find a lot of issues in businesses uh, where you cannot trust people. 
but I found the work ethic in Asia to be extremely, extremely strong. Uh, people, so the instances of uh, employee fraud is not as high. Yeah. It's not as high as, as we probably experience in our markets. But I think it all in all, what equalizes as education, education has made a big difference uh, in terms of the, the, that makes a very, very big difference. Because even in that those Asian markets, I met fellow Kenyans who are there doing working for, whether it's mainly international companies, yeah. Uh, and it tells you that the moment you go through a good education system, and that's really the foundation. Yeah. Once you have a good education system, you yeah. can work anywhere, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Yes. And that's why the Chinese are here. They don't speak our language, but they're building roads because yes. they've, they've got a good education system in, in engineering. So they can work anywhere within the world. And I think that is, that is the basis. So for me, from that experience that I took away, that a leadership, a political class that works for their people, makes a very, very different outcome. But all of us, we have what it takes to get yeah. there. What keeps you motivated? You, you sound so motivated when you're talking about leadership. What keeps you motivated? Good, I think it's a, it's a sense of responsibility. Uh, one of the, for instance, if I just give an, if I share an example of COVID. Yeah. Yes. COVID was particularly uh, challenging for me uh, personally and as a leader. Because yeah. this was the first time where com- you feel completely helpless. Uh, if you look at uh, the sector I work in, it was, it was uh, an essential sector, yes. which meant that we continued working even during the worst of COVID, when Kenya completely yes. shut down, the financial sector had to continue working, which meant that there were colleagues who had to go to the office every day mm-hmm. and face this risk while the rest of us were working from home. That was, yes. that was particularly challenging, uh, particularly challenging time. Yeah. But then you look and see, okay, so what can I do? You can either, as a leader, decide going to mourn like the rest of the people, but the people are looking up to you. Yeah. So that feeling that you, first of all, you've got to lift people up, even if you're personally challenged. Yeah. I think that's exciting. You've got to lift people up. And then knowing that uh, every morning, whatever you do, you're making a difference. You're making a difference, not to one person, not to two persons, but to many, many people. And the decisions that you make every day, the consequence goes far beyond what today, yeah. they'll be felt many, many years into the, into the future. So that keeps me motivated that when I wake up every day or even before I go to bed, what if I, if I look today, what I have done today, have I done the right thing? When people look back, and I, as I remind myself and remind my staff, we are writing our story. And our story, when, when I leave this position, my story is already written. What will that story say? This happened during karaoke style. This happened during karaoke style. So it's, the story is clear. So that keeps me motivated. Let me go out there. Let me do good. There are clients who bank with us. They bank with us because there's trust. The bank, the board trusts me. The shareholders trust me. Staff are looking up to me. I have to be motivated for all those stakeholders so that I can be able to lift them up. And any leader, if you're not self-motivated, you shouldn't be leading. Because when you are, you start pulling people down. And when you pull oh. people down, you bring down a country or a company. So true. So true. Yeah. So yeah. what are some of the things that you have avoided Things that demotivate you. What are some of those things? I think it's uh, there are things. First of all, you avoid uh, very, very many things, uh, George. If I just highlight a few in terms of, uh, you've got to have strong a value system, uh, a value system that you believe in. Uh, one mm. of them is honesty. Uh, mm. You've got to have. So if if there's a deal there that people that is not the right thing to do, then get away from it. That's I've always avoided that. I'm not. Uh, 
Uh, I've always avoided that. Uh, yeah. If something that is wrong that can only be signed under the table, hash, hash, I avoid that. So it's a very, yeah. I have a very strong moral character yeah. to say, this is my value system. I will do the right thing. And if, if tomorrow I'm called upon to defend why I did it, I can be able to demonstrate why I took a certain decision. Yeah. So to avoid shortcuts, you know, avoid shortcuts in making decisions, avoid shortcuts. And, uh, and then pretty, pretty much the things that, that, that of many, many years people can look back and say, no, no, this doesn't sound right. So if something to me doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right, then I, I stay away from that. I think, I yeah. think that is important. I avoid uh, people with negative energy. Uh, we, live in a, we live in a country full of negative energy. Yeah. <laughs> Our news, for instance, can be very depressing. So I never watch yeah. news. I don't watch okay. news at all because okay. it can be pretty depressing. If you, I, I tell people, if you watch news just before you go to bed, Every time you are sleeping, you got full of negative energy. So, so just avoid it. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, so I don't think you're missing anything. So yeah. Avoid negative people who just gonna pull you down, and then avoid unnecessary. Uh, I would say unnecessary and arguments. You know, just full of opinions. Yeah. People have yeah. opinions, and those yes. people are not helpful. So that's very. You have to do it deliberately. You've got to be very deliberate, and yeah. then make sure that when you're deliberate with these things then you will find something else positive to do. Because if you're avoiding negative people, it means you don't gravitate towards people with positive energy who are lifting you up. It means if you're avoiding this negative slew of news and company, you'll end up doing things that keep you uplifted, motivated, and healthy as well. That's how, that's how I look at it. So that's completely avoid those. And doing things in excess. I also avoid doing things in excess, George. Yeah. I... Currently, I run. I say running like a joke, so I'm running a lot more. Yes. Uh, if you're running, if you're doing, if you're doing a lot of running. You avoid yes. everything in excess. It means you cannot be out very, very late because you want to wake yeah. up early. Uh, yeah. Super to run. Uh, you want yeah. to be. You want to keep fit, so you you're watching what you're eating. You're watching what you're drinking, and yeah. you're just saying. Uh, so you you manage yourself out. That's which yeah. is very important for a leader. Okay. Looking back, uh, your, your leadership journey has been quite a long one. What has any, when you look back, is there a, a time that you, you regret maybe a decision that you made or something that you did that, that, that you regret? Yeah, I think, I wouldn't say regret. I think in mm. terms of uh, some, I would say challenging moments. Uh, yeah. There are some uh, challenging moments that any, that definitely I have gone through in terms yeah. of decisions that you took and then uh, either they cost the company money or or and you look back and you say actually this never worked but at least i tried the one of the ones i would say regrets is the wrong hires as as you get more senior you tend to hire more senior people yeah and uh, when you start hiring the wrong person uh, it becomes very it becomes very damaging uh, especially eventually when you have to deal with it yourself uh, when you have to have a conversation with a person, first yeah. of all, for some strange reason, they hate you for life. I don't know why, but you yeah. just have a conversation and tell them, look, this is not working. When, yeah. we, when, I, when I had you, I thought this would work. And everybody becomes defensive and they say, no, you're the pro, you didn't support me, but it's very yeah. unlikely you'll hire someone and not support them. So yeah. those, those are the moments I would say I've, uh, I've regretted in terms of, in terms of uh, hiring the wrong, the, the wrong people. Uh, there are some decisions... Uh, Commercial-wise, that I would not have taken, I should have taken, but I didn't take. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you start looking back and say, actually, we, I missed something here. Yeah. I missed something here. I could have, I should have done this. 
So those are some of the things that I look at. I think the sum of it all, George, when I look back, I think there were more right decisions than wrong ones. Oh, yeah. Because you make, obviously, you make very many decisions that, are, that you regret, then the outcome will not be good. But if you're making more right ones, then the outcome, uh, the, the outcome will be good. It's like, it's like a marathon. If you're running, if you make yeah. many mistakes, you'll not finish. But if you make yeah. one or two, you'll recover from it and you'll be able to have a strong finish. So that's, that's, that's how I look at it. In, in any leadership journey, there will be mistakes you'll make. Yeah. But the most important thing is to look back and say, actually, with the facts I had and all the information I had, I'll probably make the same decision again. To be honest, that's what happens. In hindsight, we're all very good, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, yeah. that's not how life is. Life is not about hindsight. So at, if you look and look back and say, if I have the same information, the same uh, access to data that I had when I made that decision, I would probably would have come back and I would make the same decision again. So that makes you, that makes that feeling of regret less. Yes. So then when you regret, regret is something you can't make back, you know. It's yeah. like someone who's 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 forever who's gone forever. But I think yeah. in business, when a regret is if you go back with the same information, you didn't make the same decision. And then going to going ahead, are you repeating the same mistake? That would be catastrophic. Yes. Yeah, that means you didn't learn. You must learn you from the learn. past be able to go ahead into the future. Talking about learning and lessons, uh, what are some of the lessons over time that you can say you have learned as a leader? I think the first one that comes to mind is patience. That's uh-huh. one. You must be patient. Yeah. Uh, that's one. Two, you don't have all the answers. As you become more senior, you have even, it becomes, you, everything becomes murkier. <laughs> I think when I look back yeah. at my younger yeah. days, the branch yeah. manager, when I was a young leader, I had all the answers. Uh, but as you become more senior, you yeah. never have all the answers. There's always, and people can present to you scenarios yeah. and data, yeah. but you don't, have, you don't have 100%. So you, you have to learn, how do you learn to make a decision with 70%? So yes. 70%, I've got only 70%, I still need to progress. I've only got 60%, I still need to progress. So that's one thing I've learned. Uh, you patient. You don't have all the answers, and then, then encourage, then over to encourage a teamwork, encourage people to speak their minds, oh. encourage, and that helps. And then, because uh, that's that's very very important. I think if you encourage people to speak up, and because uh, you'll find some people probably they've got all the answers but they don't speak up. But how yeah. do you lift them up? I think that's important. And then finally, you are responsible for your your well being. You are really responsible for your well being. Yes. Uh, sometimes we think it's the company, like this, this what the company can do. Sometimes you think it's your partner. Sometimes you think it's your children. No, you are responsible for your well-being. You have to take care of yourself and your well-being and say, am I in a good space? What do mm-hmm. I need to do? What, what is the, what's the effect I'm having on the people around me? And then how do I lift them up? And then finally for me, for me, George, is... Uh, this is a journey. It's not, it's not ultimate. It's, I'm not ordained to be here. Uh, you're not ordained to be a leader. It's, uh, and you've got to see that. But yeah. what difference will you make? So when you get off the stage, the people who come after you can, you can continue building on what you inherited. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, we've inherited whatever we have, whether it's the country, whether it's mm-hmm. this company, there have been big people before us. Yes. And they've been built it to where it is. So when I step off the stage, what will the next generation of leadership, what will they inherit? A company that is working and they continue growing it 
or a broken company and they'll spend 10 years trying to fix because of the damage I saw. Yes. Yeah. Two things that I caught my attention to, and I think is very, very important for leaders, even as I interact with leaders, as I coach and consult them, the issue of self-care, you know, really self-care, because you find that a leader just gets consumed with his role and his position. He also gets consumed to the extent that it identifies him. His title is the one that identifies it. So what would you tell a leader who is, who is like that? Just know that it'll pass. It'll pass. That's, that's very, very important. It's something, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. You no, know, Kenya, we are big titles. Buona CEO, Buona MP. Like, yes, chairman. I'm just, I'm just karaoke. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so after, yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's to be conscious that you separate the two so that you know, this is my role. This is what I'm doing. And this is a change that I want to drive. And yeah. being humble to realize that. Because leadership sometimes... I think as far as the leadership is concerned in the, in the, in the 90s and the 2000s, humility was not an admired trait in leaders. It was, uh, Humbreeze was a big thing. Humbreeze was a big thing. You know, yeah. you know the, these uh, extroverts who are loud and uh, that's what yes. they yes. And over time that has proven, yeah, not, not anymore. It's a very, very different kind of leadership. So I think yeah. it's identifying what am I here to do? What am I here to do? And how well am I doing it? And identify yourself. You're just a human being. You are lucky to have, uh, to have that. It's a privilege to have that position. And are yeah. you driving the right change and the right kind of behavior? But don't let it get it into you. Don't yeah. let it get it into you. Because one, it will end. And that's why sometimes, especially in, uh, in, uh, in government where people uh, yeah. abruptly change positions or sacks, uh, then you find people, yeah. you don't know what to do after that. They are completely... They've completely lost in the world because they yeah. haven't thought of it. They haven't thought of it to know, oh, I'm doing this. At some point, it will come to an end. What will, yeah. I, what will I identify myself? What will I be identified as? Yes. You have to be clear about that. So I think for me, it's being very, very clear about that, that you are, whatever you're doing, you're doing it for a season. And when that season ends, you're ready to take on the next challenge, whatever that challenge will be. What, what legacy would you like to leave behind as a leader, karaoke? I think a couple of, I think one of the things that, that I want to, to be able to, and is first of all, the journey I've shared, yeah. that you can start from the bottom and get to where I've, where I've gotten. And that's been a, a journey. When I joined, uh, when Sanchat, for instance, employed me as a, as a clerk, those days people were being employed as management trainees. So yes. it was taking a risk and saying, actually, if I do this job, my, in five years time, my CV will be better. So that is one. That yeah. whatever role that you are being given, take it. It's if it's if it's the beginning, and then prove yourself over time. That's not very very difficult. That's one. Two that you can make a career out of employment. Today I get a lot of questions. People asking me, should mm. I go into business? Should I go into should I go into become a tetrapreneur? There's a new yeah. ad now. Yeah, I'm like guys. What what do you mean? What's a tetrapreneur? Should I <laughs> yes. be employed? I said yes. You can make a successful career out of employment. The world yeah. over the vast majority of millions of millions of people are in employment. It's not everybody who can be an SME. It's not everybody who can be a big company. So the vast majority of people world over are in employment. So, yeah. and then do your work diligently. You will be rewarded over time. Yeah. That's, I think that, that's important. I want, to be, I, want to be, I want to be remembered for the impact on the, not only the company, but on the community as well. And that's why some of the things that... Uh, I initiate, I initiate, especially 
uh, I like doing at home in terms of around the education, education yeah. sector, uh, working with the church as well to help. Mm. How do we help the generation? Because we can see fewer and fewer people, especially at home, are not attending church. Because mm. if you don't have a very strong moral foundation for the young people when they're young, then the future is bleak. So how do we get yeah. how do we get the people to start recognizing the role of church in a moralistic and a strong value system that is going to make the difference? That's yeah. that's an area that I want to continue doing a lot a, a lot more on. And then mentoring, uh, mentoring younger people just to, on, on leadership, what I've talked about. So I want yeah. to be, and then, and then, and then, and then finally is uh, that somebody was, somebody who was results driven, a, a legacy of result driven, because result driven is everywhere. It's not just about the company that I work yeah. for outside yeah. there, whatever you're doing, what is the, what, what outcome do you want? What outcome do you want to get? And what is impact are you creating? That's very, very yes. important. What impact are you creating? I am sure, George, for yourself, even doing a series like this, an impact you want to create. There's yeah. something that you're, you're building there. And that's real because you've always got to ask yourself, what impact am I creating by the actions that I'm taking? Because yeah. everybody around you is watching. I think one thing we forget as leaders, you're always being watched. You're always being watched. So yes. you've got to keep that in mind. So I have to, I have to remember that because there's yeah. one day, for instance, just to give an example, yes. I was in a bad mood and it showed. And then yes. someone came and asked me, Boss, you're having a really bad day today. I said, no. What do you mean? I said, yeah, you've noted. So I'm like, I didn't realize people are watching. Yes. Yes. Watch. They can do as, yeah. as you open the office, people can see. Yeah. So you realize that and you say, okay, that's impact. So, so if you know that, then you know that you want to leave a legacy of where people can look back and say, you, are, you mean you're going through all of this during this time and you still kept smiling? Because that's a very big impact you're sending on the people. Yeah. That is what I would like to leave behind, that uh, I've worked in the finance industry all my life, that it's a, it's a place that can do good and it can do good for the community and it has the right leaders who are making a difference. Last two questions. One, if I were to use a metaphor to describe your leadership role, what would that be? Or draw a picture or a symbol, what would that be? Wow, that's an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I think about a metaphor or a picture, the image that immediately comes to mind, maybe it's because uh, it's relating to, is, is relating to my, is, my name is, is the leopard. When I look at uh-huh. a leopard, it's very difficult to, it's a very difficult animal to spot in the wild. Yes, yeah. But it's, it causes excitement to anyone who spots it. <laughs> yes. It causes excitement to anyone who spots it. Uh, so I look at it and see, the way I look at it is my, is that, uh, I, and I tell people openly that uh, when people when people work closely with me, I leave I will I want to leave an impact on their lives. I think that that is important. So mm-hmm. it's that excitement. Oh, I've worked with with karaoke. This is the impact it's had. Uh, from a distance, it's very difficult to think to relate that I can relate. Uh, mm-hmm. As I tell people, I'm an introvert, so people get surprised. Oh, how can you yes. be an introvert? See, yeah. So I encourage introverts to not to think that they can't be leaders. They can be. But eventually, when you start working closely with me or you work with me, then you start seeing, okay, it's really lifting me up. I think that's the same impact that I see a leopard. That excitement you see, it's very difficult to see it. Then eventually you see it and you're like, wow, it's such a beautiful animal. And you can yeah. get some beautiful shots out of that. So that's, that's, that's broadly, that's, okay. what comes to, that's what comes to mind. Okay, and a final question. You've yes. given us your, your story. So what can you say is the... the Someone listening to your story, what's the moral of your story, your leadership story? 
you have to be grounded and have a long-term view. Mm. Remain grounded and have a long-term view. And realize that leadership is not a right, it's a privilege. We don't have a king, we don't have a king system in, in, in Kenya or even in Africa. It's, it's a privilege. And the moment you realize you have a long-term view and you realize that, uh, that uh, it's a privilege, Mm-hmm. Then you will work for the people who put you there. You'll work for them. You'll, you'll work to make it, you'll make tomorrow a better day, not only for the clients or your colleagues, but for the community. That is important. But every day you ask yourself, why am I, if you really get frustrated and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. The answer should be quite clear. I'm doing this because it matters. It matters to my staff. It matters to my customers. It matters to the community. And it matters to, the, to my country. When I look at my role now, it matters to all those constituencies. What I do matters to thousands of people, thousands of families. It matters to my country. That is important. And once you take it like that, that's, that to me is what, what is important. That, that as leaders who have, especially within this continent, where leadership has been where it is today, where it yeah. is, and especially the, the political leadership, yeah. I, want, I want it to be very clear that there's an alternative leadership. Yeah. Is an alternative path, yeah. and that path can lead to change for the better and for the good. Wow! Thank you so much. You've thank said you it all. Well. You've said it well, and thank you so much, Karaoke. It's always a joy to talk to you, and thank you so much for being a guest in this podcast. God bless you. Thank you, and good luck. Best wishes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. We hope you're leaving with insights that will help you live and lead better. We appreciate our sponsors, BNG Consultants Limited and BNG Center for Leadership Coaching for keeping us on air. Bye for now. See you in our next episode.